0: With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if
0: you win. Just can't Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. 20 years ago, I used to make a living by statistically analyzing the behavior of stocks. And then I would make a trade when my statistics would show I would have a certain advantage in different types of trades. And the system worked for a really long time. And eventually I created a career out of this. Well, imagine if you could do things like this with sports, which is a much more inefficient market, if you want to call it a sports betting a market, and you don't want to know how i know you can do this is david bedoin has been doing this for 20 years using statistics to analyze sports bets and he's never had a losing year he recently or several years ago he quit his job and does this full-time now and he also shares his picks so here's how he does it and here's how his life has changed by doing it This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show.
1: David, how do you say your name? Baudouin? Yes, David Baudouin. I know it's hard to pronounce in English. Baudouin, yeah. You're from Quebec? Yes, exactly.
0: So how did you get into
1: sports betting? Uh, I got started in 1999 when I, my uncle told me about those brand new online sports books. And I was like, oh, let me check that. And then I realized something that really changed my life. And that is that the odds between the different sports books were so different that there were many arbitrage opportunities. An arbitrage opportunity means that if team A is playing team B, you could potentially bet both teams in two different sports books and lock yourself a guaranteed profit, no matter which team wins the game. Right. So as an
0: example, like if the Giants are playing the Jets and the Giants are expected to win on one book, on one sports book, or in one casino, the Giants are expected to win by three points, and in another casino, the Giants are expected to win by six points. You could, you could bet on the Giants on one of those and bet on the Jets on the other, and you're guaranteed to make money.
1: Yes, exactly. That's it.
0: I don't think those arbitrages exist anymore, though, just because
1: there's a lot more efficiency of information, do you think? Uh, it still exists, but it's much harder to find some good opportunity. So it's probably best to uh, work at McDonald's to make a better earning now.
0: <laughs> well, but I, I love like if you go to your, so so just off in terms of track record, so you've been using statistics to model opportunities ever since. And in terms of track record, why don't you describe how you've been
1: doing over the past 20 years? Uh, well, over the past 20 years, there has not been a single losing year. But of course, sometimes things don't go well for maybe two, three, even four, five weeks. That's when some sports bettors struggle. They tend to panic uh, or they start betting bigger because they want to make it up. But you need to stay disciplined. It's like day trading. If you, you know, when you day
0: trade, if you. Bet too big or take too many risks, you could get blown out. But if you keep position sizes small and you manage your risk and you have a good strategy, you know, I'm I'm speaking specifically of quantitative day trading where you use statistics, you could do well over time potentially.
1: Yeah, bankroll management is really important. You need to be very, very disciplined. But I
0: think some of the
1: strategies you use, and
0: you you've modeled all sorts of scenarios. I think they're almost like fundamental to sports and athletic performance. So, so I'll give an example from your website,
1: ProfessorMJ.com.
0: Yeah. ProfessorMJ.com. Uh, so for instance, this is fascinating. So the cold teams match up. So when two major league baseball teams facing each other are both undergoing a losing streak, should we bet on the road team or the home team, the team that's traveling or the home team? And I think questions like this are fascinating. So you have all this data going back decades about every sport and every team, and you could simply ask the data this question, and if the answer is statistically significant, like if two teams have just had like five losses in a row, and and now they're playing each other, should you bet on the home team or the road team? If the answer is statistically significant, now you have a good strategy.
1: Yeah, if you look at data from the past five, 10 years, you get a big sample that you can really trust. Still, you need to be careful. It does not guarantee it's going to work in the future. So I always keep track of how each system, each betting system is doing. But yeah, like you said, it's interesting how you can use past data to help you make your bets for today.
0: Well, let's talk about that one specifically. And then I want to go through some of your other strategies. But like, what does happen? So if two teams are on a losing streak and they're playing each other, should you bet on the home team or the road team? So, so here I, I I'm I'm looking at the page right now. Basically, the road team wins forty four percent of the time, and the home team. If two teams are on a cold streak, the home team wins fifty six percent of the time. So, if those numbers are what's called statistically significant, yes, you're right. You're not going to win all the time, but fifty six percent of the time is better than fifty fifty. You could you could build a winning strategy
1: off of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and if we're talking about the MLB, of course, it's not all about your winning percentage because it depends on the odds, the average odds that you're getting. So for example, if you're always betting favorites, then you need to win a large proportion of your bets to make money in the long run. Whereas if you're betting underdogs, maybe winning just 43% could be enough to earn a profit. Ah, interesting, because yeah, it could be the case
0: also that even without a cold streak, the home team wins 53% of the time instead of 56% of the time. And, uh, uh, but usually what you're betting on is that the line is going to be set. The The, the line is the, the, how many points a team has to win by and sports books like casinos and so on and online sports books, Uh, set the line, but they might not be taking advantage of these extra statistical strategies that you're looking at. So if you find a better than average or a better than expected chance of a team winning, you can assume that the line maybe is not
1: using that data. Yes, exactly. They cannot take into account everything. Well, books, they really focus on trying to get equal action on both sides so that no matter which team wins, they're going to get a guaranteed profit. So you you need to try to take advantage of that.
0: Ah, uh, so is it is it like so? So basically, the home team though, um, is always going to have probably too much bets on its side. So should should you always bet against the home team because chances are the line is too high because too many people, everybody from the hometown bets on the home team.
1: Well, as a very very general rule, you are right. Most people feel more comfortable betting home teams and also favorites so it's best to go with underdogs on the road but obviously if you're betting all road underdogs you're still going to lose money so you need to pick your spots so so like
0: it's interesting the different things you've tested t- statistically like if here's another one if team A blows out team B and then they play again the next day what what are the odds team A is going to win again and and a lot of this has to do with like psychology which is why yeah. i like it like It could be the case that in every sport, after team A destroys team B, just team B is like just not motivated the next day. They're like, they were just destroyed. So they don't have the right psychology. So it might be the case that team A is an above and beyond favorite, even more than the the sports book has it.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I really love to incorporate like some psychological factors. So it could be a team that was the victim of a big upset. Again, maybe they just lost their confidence. So in the next game, it may be best to bet against them. And I usually prefer betting systems that are in accordance with my own intuition. Otherwise, I may not feel very confident betting that team.
0: Right. So so how many of these like strategies have you programmed out? Like have you do you
1: have? Like on your on your website, you list like 10 strategies. Yeah, in the NHL I've got 10 in major league baseball, there are 19 in the NBA, I've got 5. So, and in the NFL I use more of and I'm just doing some research and I consider many factors, but I don't have specific NFL betting systems right now.
0: So, altogether how many bets per week do you place? Like how many how many signals trigger
1: a bet and how many bets do you make per week? It's between uh, 30 and 40 bets per week uh, on like in the fall in the in the summer, there are less leagues. For example, there's no football, there's no NHL, no NBA. So there are fewer bets in the summer, but like right now in November it's between 30 and 40 bets per week.
0: Wow, so so that diversification. Overall, placing 30 bets a week, like what percentage of weeks do you think are up weeks? Because it's nice diversification. Uh, but like one one game has nothing to do, is mutually exclusive from another game. Like if you're using the, the the you know, cold teams matchup strategy in one um, game and the big upset strategy in another game, they're kind of mutually exclusive from each other. Like the, a win of one has nothing to do with the win or loss of the other. Yeah, so you
1: were asking what proportion of weeks are positive. Yeah. Uh, well, right now, during the past fourteen weeks, we've had eleven winning weeks, but that's that's may that may be better performance than usual. So I would say maybe 60 65 percent of the weeks are profitable. But one more thing we have not discussed yet is most of the good bets though come from the what they call player proposition bets where you bet on the performance Mm -hmm. of specific players. Those lines are much easier to beat because sportsbooks don't have time to set lines that are super accurate. Like there are so many players in every game. You know, they just set lines fairly quickly and sometimes you can find some good bargains.
0: So what's, what's an example, like so-and-so player is going to hit three home runs in this game or what's, what's an example proposition bet? Uh,
1: Yeah. So an example in the NFL, it could be, will uh, a certain player, a wide receiver, will a certain wide receiver catch more or less than four, four and a half balls or will the quarterback get more or less than 283 passing yards or. In Major League Baseball, it's mostly on the number of, the number of total bases. So, where a single means one one base, a double is equal to two bases, and so on. So, will that player get over or under one and a half total bases in the game? That's another example.
0: So, okay, when figuring out how to bet on those, what sort of data do you look at? You you, you probably look at their average. Let's take the quarterback and passing yards per game. Um, do you probably look at uh, data like the average number of yards they've passed in every game they've ever played in, and then you probably look at the average number of yards they've they've had against uh, this particular team, or maybe play uh, teams with the record of of that of a particular team that they're playing.
1: Like, what other data do you look at and, and analyze to figure out the probabilities? Yeah, in this specific case, yeah, I look at how many passing yards this quarterback has had in recent years while giving more weight to the current year and then a bit less weight for the previous year and so on. And it's also important, obviously, to consider the strength of opposition. So how good has been the opposing defense so far this year? And I also account for maybe they have some key injuries on defense, so stuff like that. So you'll come,
0: you'll use all your data to come up with an idea of the probability they'll get a certain number of yards, but then you'll kind of adjust based on intuition on when you learn what injuries the other team has and so on.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. So if uh, both starting cornerbacks are injured, that's going to help the quarterback rack up many passing yards, obviously. So I also try to account for that. Yeah,
0: interesting, and. Why don't other, I mean, I would think, the oh, you're saying basically the line is inefficient on these proposition bets because A, for any one proposition bet, there's not as probably as many gamblers as for the team bets. And uh, so you have an advantage there that the line might not be efficient and probably other people don't do all the data research that you do.
1: Yes, and the biggest proof that those lines are more easy to beat is the betting limits With the sports books. So if you want to bet $10,000 on the Kansas City Chiefs, that will not be a problem. But if you want to bet $10,000 on Patrick Mahomes to get over 283 passing yards, they're not going to accept that. The betting limit may be like 300 or 500 because they know they are more vulnerable on those lines. But can you spread it around to a bunch of different online sites? Yeah, yeah
0: sure. You can do that, yeah. And and can you you can make a lot of bets too so that you can get up to that $10,000.
1: Yeah, but again you need to be careful because some sports books they don't like it if you're only betting prop bets. Again, they like people mm. who bet on teams and totals. So, you can get limited uh, more quickly. It depends on some sports books, but uh, you, of course, I've been limited with uh, many of them like, where I cannot bet more than $1.15. So, that's just ridiculous. Uh, so, what have been
0: some of the more successful strategies over time? Like maybe strategies that you no longer use, but what,
1: what, is, what was like a, a money machine for you in terms of strategies? Uh, well, of course, the arbitrage for three for, between 1999 and 2003 was very lucrative. Mm. Uh, then uh, I don't know if we only want to talk about sports betting, but I also found no, no. We can talk about anything. Okay, okay. Well, then in 2008, that's when I found my biggest lucrative opportunity, where I found some casinos that were offering uh, live casinos, so you could play blackjack and they set up a camera on the dealer that you could see shuffling and dealing cards. But the problem was they were using some big-sized cards. And I realized that the dealers had trouble shuffling them correctly because they were so big. So I figured, well, maybe they are not shuffled very efficiently. And, you know, I set up a big system. I was using several computers. so And basically, I could tell in advance which cards were coming up. So sometimes there were 15 cards that were stuck together that remained in the same order, so I knew which cards were coming up. That obviously gave me a huge advantage, and I took advantage of it. And and did they fix that, or, or yeah. did you throw it out of the casinos? Well, I did it for a year and a half, and trying not to play too often, to so that it won't be too obvious, but you know, there were a couple of nights where I the cards were really, really badly shuffled and I just lost some hands on purpose. Like I would win seven in a row and I was like, oh, that's going to be suspicious. Let me lose a hand on purpose. So I had one computer where the screen was on, another computer where I would track each card that was coming up. And then I had a program that would tell me quickly, okay, I just saw the seven of spades and the ten of diamonds. What's the next card that may be coming up? So it would look up quickly because obviously it's it was not that easy to do because you have to be quick. You need to place your bet quickly. So I had to have a few different computers with uh, some software to tell me quickly which card were likely coming up. So those were uh, really good times, but after a year and a half, they figured out what was going on. I see. So, do
0: uh, you ever think about political betting? Like, are there any websites where you could do political bets?
1: Yes, I've seen such bets, but honestly, I've not never looked into it. So. But I know that there are some uh, some bets here. Yeah, on, for example, who will be the next U.S. president?
0: Yeah, there's like a site called PredictIt. Um, but I don't I probably the data is not good enough to really have a good strategy statistically,
1: yeah, well, there might be something to do, but uh, I've never looked into it uh, to be honest with you and um, let's talk about some of these other ones, like
0: uh, you have one strategy called the pummeled pitchers. So when a major league baseball team goes through a streak of games where they allow many runs, should we bet or fade them in their following contest?
1: Yeah. Most of the time you need to bet them. Well, most of my betting systems end up being contrarian, which means you're going to go against the grain. So when people see a team that has allowed nine runs in three games in a row, they're like, oh man, what a crappy team. We need to bet against them. And the line is artificially inflated and that's when you Ah. can take advantage of it. So most of my systems end up being like this. They end up Taking teams that are not very popular.
0: How, like, is it? Have you ever considered setting up like a hedge fund where people invest with you, and then you're able to gamble a larger amount of money,
1: and then you take a percentage of the profits? Yeah, some people have asked me about it, and I don't know if I would really be interested in that. Uh, I really like the way things are going right now, but uh, there has been some demand, but. Uh, so far no i don't want to do that
0: and when you say you like the way things are going now is that because you're making do you make a lot of money from this like how how's it going i mean you're also a, a professor of statistics right so do you do you, does this make more than your
1: salary well i did quit a year ago my job just oh, okay. to focus exclusively on my sports betting activities and also on my sports betting a YouTube channel or business, if we can call it like that. So I just became financially independent and I figured, oh, okay, I don't need to work anymore. Let's just do this for fun. And I really just do it because I, I love it. I could, instead of just sitting on my couch for the rest of my life, I just decided that I prefer to keep doing this to help people try to beat online sports books, which is really a passion to me.
0: And and do you also look at um, websites like DraftKings or Picks or, you know, f- what's it called, FanDuel or any of these other
1: websites? Uh, are you talking about their sports books or like when you talked about, yeah. yeah, yes, I do. Because many of my customers are from the US, so they do have an account with DraftKings or FanDuel. So I really look at the odds from... Canada and the U.S., which probably correspond to 90-95% of my customers.
0: Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older... There's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or a pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use Hims. Hims, H-I-M-S, Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100 percent online. So you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this?
1: Yes. I definitely gonna use HIMS for now. Not on.
0: that you need it. You're you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMS app. Track progress and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See HIMS.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. When you first started out, it was like in 1997, I think it was, you prove that hockey teams would do better off if they pulled out their goalies earlier. They would win more games if they pulled their starting goals earlier, and, and hockey teams tended to hold on to their, or keep their starting goalies into the game for too long, Have you, this, which is like money ball yeah. type of analysis. Have you considered being a consultant to sports team to use statistics
1: to improve their play? Yeah, well, after writing this article, I did reach out to some teams, but... Uh... Two general managers called me to tell me oh, that was that was interesting we liked it but never got any job offers out of that that was kind of my dream job at the time but maybe not anymore i just love what i do right now and and
0: are there any other opportunities that you haven't looked at yet like other sports or
1: other types of gambling like
0: what are you what are you playing around with right now
1: yeah well most good opportunities come uh, when you look at sports that are more obscure or that people don't look at. So maybe like some e-sports or leagues that are not super popular. So I would really love to look into it and place more bets on such leagues. But the problem is it won't interest as many people. Like if you want to make money, that's probably a good way to go. But, you know, doing YouTube videos about... uh, Uh, an obscure basketball league in, uh, I don't know, a small country, that won't be very popular, though.
0: Yeah, and maybe collecting money in that country might be a little hard, depending on what country it is. (laughs) might be dangerous. (laughs) Um, So, so, uh, where do you get the data? Like, is there one site that sells data
1: on every team and every player? That's a good question. I got A lot of data from four different leagues like several years ago, but I just don't remember exactly what site it was. It was free to use, so I just downloaded it. And I tried several years later to get more data, but I could not find that website uh, anymore. I know that some sites sell this type of data, but uh, I just got it off a website that was offering it for free.
0: But but like how do you stay up to date? Like how do you get current
1: data? Uh well now I collect some of my own data. For example, when tracking my the performance of each of my betting systems. So for example, in the NHL these days, every single day I look at which teams fit under which system. And I've been doing it for like four or five years for each sport to see how each system is doing.
0: I see. So really, you don't need all of the data to analyze big questions like, oh, if a team has a four-game winning streak, what usually happens on the fifth game? And is the answer statistically significant? Like, You don't need every piece of up-to-date data. You just need up-to-date data to see which uh, teams might be triggering a, a signal to, to, to bet against or bet for.
1: Yeah, exactly and then make sh- making sure that this system still works. So if you get a 2 and 15 record, uh, that's a sign that maybe that system is not working very well and that you just, you should stop. So you need to stay on top of what's happening with each system. Why would a system stop
0: working? Like what's an example of a system that stopped working?
1: It could be due to some rule changes sometimes, or maybe it was st- it, it can happen that a system was statistically significant in the past, but for any unforeseen re- reason, it doesn't work anymore. I don't necessarily have a clear cut answer to that question, but
0: I wonder if more people become aware of the statistics so that changes the line over time the average line um over time so that it's no longer statistically
1: significant yeah that's a good possible explanation for sure yeah
0: yeah i mean with with stocks like because i used to do a similar thing for for stocks and sometimes it would just be the case that people would become aware of these strategies and that would kind of change and then people would invest in these stocks anticipating other people playing the strategy and that would in effect, be similar to changing the line in, in sports. And so I wonder if something similar happens uh, on these sports strategies. Yeah,
1: like uh, I've heard that many people used to bet on NFL teams coming off their bye week, and that was quite profitable because sports books had not adjusted to that. But then everybody got aware of it. So they started betting on teams coming off their bye week, and then it stopped working. So, So, like you said, that could be a good reason. Yeah. Uh, like, what?
0: Which strategy do you feel most confident in of the ones like that you list on your website? For instance, what's one that is kind of like one of your favorites?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I would say um, maybe those that involve a, a big upset. So when a Mm. team has been the victim of a big upset, or, well, no, let me change my answer. I would argue maybe the snapped winning streak. So when a team has gone through a long winning streak, so maybe they've won six games in a row, and then they lose one, most of the time they tend to lose a second one because they're kind of shaken, psychologically speaking. That has proven to work across many sports. So this is one that I like and it does make sense in my mind anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, it's interesting, the role of psychology. Like you would think, on the one hand, you would think, well, it was just a fluke. that they 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 won the six games in a row because they're a great team. And it's just a fluke that they lost this one game and they'll get back to their winning streak because again, they're a great team. But you're saying that psychology, they get thrown off a little bit and they don't know... If, if they were just lucky on the six games and now, you know, they get disheartened.
1: Well, I was about to say that I believe this system seems to work better on teams that are not that great. So, for example, in the NHL recently, the Anaheim Ducks are supposed to be a crappy team, but somehow they won, I believe, six games in a row. And I was waiting for them to lose a game, to bet against them. Again, I, th- I believe it was against the Flyers and they did lose. So I think it works best on those types of teams.
0: I see. So it's not like the the Lakers in basketball or something. Like if they mm. lose a game, they're probably going to just start winning again. But yeah. if it's just some, you know, random team, then, uh, and they have, they happen to have a winning streak that might, the, the luck might be the winning streak. And then um, they get back to normal. They, they kind of revert to the mean.
1: Yes, exactly. Whereas for the Lakers, you might argue that they're going to be upset, they're going to be pissed, and they will be super motivated to get back on track.
0: Well, and that's interesting, because what does it say like about success? That the successful teams maybe are not the ones that are just great teams, but also know how to bounce back from, from defeat.
1: Yeah, well, we've seen often statistics about that in the NFL. Like, uh, I think I've seen a stat about Patrick Mahomes after a loss, he has a great record. So he rarely loses two games in a row. So I think that this intuition might uh, be valid. And,
0: you know, now you're kind of bringing this into not just making money from betting, but like you said, you're you're almost like in the media business. You started a YouTube channel sharing your picks and you have a website, uh, ProfessorMJ.com. Why did you decide to do that? I know you wanted to help people, but did you feel like kind of lonely doing this on your own? And you kind of wanted to build a community and 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 you know basically be able to interact with people.
1: Yeah, that's it. I wanted more. I thought it would be more fun to talk about it with people, so like in the YouTube comments. So at first, I was just posting pics on Reddit for a while, and then I figured, oh, maybe I should start a YouTube channel, even though I'm pretty shy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look weird on camera. But I just decided to take the jump. And it all started with, uh, uh, I wanted to talk about the biggest bet I ever made. I thought that would be a great first video. So uh, it was in 2019, where I was really convinced that the Buffalo Bills would finally break out of an 18-year misery. Uh, so there are Win total for the season was six and a half, so I felt strongly that they would win more than six and a half games for that that season. So I just shared all my arguments and I showed my trip to the state of New Jersey to place those those big bets. So that's really how it all started. And and how did you do? Uh, I did very well. They right after ten games they had a seven and three record, so it was already a winning bet. Can't remember how many. I think they finished with a ten and six record on that year. And what? When? Why did you think that they were going to have a? Was
0: this just all intuition, or did you have some statistics backing you?
1: It was a mix of both, uh, which is often the case of my picks in general. I don't only follow numbers, even though I'm a statistician. You know, I need more arguments supporting the pick. So I remember that I felt they had a pretty underrated defense. They had made some key acquisitions on defense. And I thought maybe this Josh Allen guy could be, could be good, even though everybody was saying that he was not very accurate. So it was mostly based on their defense and some numbers that were telling me that they had a solid team. And I believe they had a pretty soft schedule on that year or two.
0: So like, probably in general, you know that when a team wins, they've probably thrown roughly these kind of yards or they, or, 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 uh, you know, scored these kind of points or whatever. Maybe you saw that with their new team that year. They were going to have on average, you know, throw the number of yards or run run enough yards that would be better than the average winning team. So that's why you thought maybe they would win an above average number of games.
1: It was also due to, uh, even before the season begins in the NFL, there are a few sites that post point spreads for all regular season games. So, and if you looked at the spread of each of the Buffalo Bills games for that year, and then I simulated the season one million times using those point spreads. So for example, if you're a seven point favorite, maybe that translates into a 70% winning percentage. I don't know the exact number, but I simulated the season one million times and it was telling me that the Bills were very, very likely to get at least seven wins on that year. So that's one more thing that I use the point spreads on each game for the season.
0: I see. So, um, and do you ever look at um, past data, like how often these the major sports books are wrong? So this way you can kind of bet against what the, you know, which sports books to bet against. Like, do you ever model the, the books
1: themselves? No, but uh, what I do know is, uh, for example, Pinnacle is known to have the sharpest lines on the planet. So it's probably one of the most difficult sports books to beat, whereas others have lines that are more soft. And by soft, I mean they tend to be out of whack or they tend to differ from other sports books. These ones are more exploitable.
0: Right. And they're not losing money because they're balancing the action. It's just that their action might be soft. Like they they're, yeah. they they might not have as many, um, g- gamblers playing them or just not as smart gamblers playing them and so on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I would think the smaller <clears throat> bo- sports books are probably better because the, the bigger sports books probably have more sophisticated gamblers with a lot more money betting on them. And the smaller ones probably don't have many so- as sophisticated, uh, gamblers.
1: Yeah, but you can still find some good bargains once in a while with big books like DraftKings or FanDuel. I do see occasions where you know, there's a great bargain available with those sports books, which is something I'm going to offer very soon. Like I have tools that track lines from many sports books. And whenever I see a bargain, and by bargain, I mean a line that's quite different from everybody else, and i want to alert everyone okay this is a, this is a good bet you should jump on it and then how often does the line get adjusted once you make that alert uh, well i've not started yet to offer that so i just oh. for now i just keep it for myself and i place a bet but i figured that many people would be interested to get uh, those alerts
0: yeah, that should, you should charge for. That should be like a high-end service that you yeah. charge for. Yeah. Cuz if people are betting like thousands of dollars a game, you could charge a couple thousand dollars for a newsletter that gives those alerts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Also I figured it's no use to have like 1000 people subscribe to those picks because maybe only 20 of them will have enough time to put the bet in. So that's why like you said it's going to be a higher higher end service for people who have a bigger bankroll.
0: Yeah, and right now you have a free newsletter, right? That you send out alerts, and you'll you basically have to build that as big as possible, and then you market to that
1: list for the high end service. Yeah, yeah. So well, you can get some free picks, whether on YouTube or via a, a mailing list, and then some people also pay to get all of my picks. So so the free picks there are like f- between five and ten per week, whereas if you want all of them. Like between thirty and forty per week, then that's an uh, that's an extra cost. And like you said, there could be a higher end service eventually with the bargains. And and
0: how has your lifestyle changed, like since you've you know started making money and more and more
1: money from sports betting? Like have you have you changed the way you live? Yes. Uh, for example, uh, my family and I go for a month. In the Caribbean every year. So even though my my kids uh, they have school, but they do they do school uh, at home or from the hotel. So we right. do that every year. We go to two different islands every year, and you know I can work from anywhere. So to me it doesn't matter, and so that's really uh, that's really awesome. And not having the stress of having a boss or having to teach anymore. Uh, to be honest, I was quite nervous every time I would go teach to one hundred and fifty people. And now I that stress is gone.
0: <laughs> why? Why were you nervous going to teach to 150 people?
1: Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense because I was like, "You're not going to look like an idiot. You know what you're talking about." But I just could could not get you past it. Just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, exactly. I just didn't. When I was younger, like in high school, I hated oral presentations, so I never, never believed that I would become a teacher one day. But that's what I ended up doing. Well,
0: now you're I could you you probably could see yourself doing what you're doing now for the rest of your life, yeah, like it's fun. You love it, and it's growing and and it's exciting,
1: yeah. When I get up in the morning, it does not feel like a job. It's just something that I love. It's like a hobby. So yeah, that's that's really great
0: well, congratulations, you're 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 living the dream. And I I hope you have more and more success with this and, and good luck on your so your 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 media stuff. So okay, professormj.com and your YouTube channel is Professor MJ. Yes. Right. And um I think on your website people can sign up for your mailing list. Am I right?
1: Yes, exactly. And those who want all the pics, that's at MJpigs.com. Mjpics.com? Yeah. Oh, I haven't even check that out. Let me just go to that real quickly. So on that platform, you can also receive five or six free picks. And also occasionally, I run some free contests where you can win prizes, like maybe an NFL prediction contest, and the top participant gets $100. So I do that quite often.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. That's a good way to get people in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, congratulations again. You're living the dream. It's very exciting, and I kind of want to do it. I'm. Uh, do you do you use Excel for your your programming, or
1: do you have some other programming package that that you do your analysis on? I mostly use the statistical software called R, which is free oh, yeah. free online. But uh, when I was a student, we we learned how to use it, how to program. So it's been quite useful to me.
0: Well, again. Uh, ProfessorMJ.com and Professor MJ is the YouTube channel. Thanks once again for coming on the podcast. It's really exciting stuff you're doing. I'm 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 envious, so congratulations.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation. I appreciate a lot